we are continuing what God envisioned this morning and we are going to speak about vision and discipline. Now discipline is a word that people do not often like. I myself at one stage did not like the word discipline. So I think in terms of that word, sometimes it may be a turn off when people just see what the message will be about. But I believe that this message will be a blessing to your life. Vision and discipline. Exodus chapter 23. We are going to the Old Testament today. Exodus chapter 23. And we will be reading from verse 20 to verse 25. If you have your Bible, if you have your Bible on your phone or your electronic device, Exodus 23 from verse 20 to 25. And during my, my three days of fasting and prayer, God spoke this word to me. Amen. And we are going to deal with it today, Exodus 23, from verse 20 to verse 25. If you have it, say Amen. Amen. The Word of God declares, this is God speaking to His servant Moses and the children of Israel. He says, when my angel and i'm reading from the esv when my angel goes before you and brings you to the amorites and the hittites and the parasites and the canaanites and the hivites and the jebusites and i blot them out you shall not bow down to their gods in fact sorry i'm making a mistake i'm reading yeah. from verse 23 I'm sorry, let me just go back there. I'm making a mistake. God speaks and he says, Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. And now we are all together. <laughs> Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him but if you carefully obey his voice and do not and do all that i say then i will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries and now we are reading verse 23 when my angel goes before you and brings you to the amorites and the hittites and the parasites and the canaanites and the hivites and the jebusites and I will blot them out, and you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them. Nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them, and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from among you. God bless the reading of his word lord have your way in jesus name amen amen i i'm going to just start with a quote today 
The quote is from, and I know in the United States of America, they are celebrating Black History Month, and we are not doing that here. So please, this has nothing to do with what they are doing that side. But I would like to read this quote to you from Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He made a statement and he said, as long as the mind is enslaved, the body can never be free. That's powerful. He says, psychological freedom, a firm sense of self-esteem, is the most powerful weapon against the long night of physical slavery. And if I could sum up Israel's challenge to make it out of the wilderness, if you have read the book of Exodus, if I could sum up Israel's challenges to make it out of the wilderness and to enter the promised land, which God has promised to them, and we are going to speak about that in a few minutes. If I could sum that up, I would sum that up with this quote. That as long as the mind is enslaved, the body can never be free. And I believe we are pretty much aware that the Joseph, going back to Genesis now, that Joseph, and we all know Joseph, eh? We all know the story of Joseph and the dreams and all of that. If, if we are aware that in the book of Genesis, Joseph was sold by his brothers through jealousy. He was sold and he ended up in the land of the Egyptians. And when Joseph ended up in the land of the Egyptians, Joseph became successful. And he became successful through labor in the land of the Egyptians. The Bible says God blessed the hands of Joseph. So, so God's grace was upon Joseph and what he had done in the land of Egypt and through that God lifted Joseph in the land of Egypt and Joseph went from a slave and he went to governor over the whole land of Egypt. And Joseph obtained that success through what? Through discipline. Remember what happened with Joseph. In fact, there was a moment in Joseph's life where Potiphar's wife came to him in the land of Egypt, who was, was a great man in the land of Egypt at that time, and he was a leader, and his wife came to Joseph, and she wanted to have relations with Joseph, and Joseph rejected her, and the words that Joseph declared is, he said he cannot sin against Potiphar, but ultimately he could not sin against God. So Joseph's life was governed by discipline. And because of that discipline, God lifted Joseph in the land of Egypt and he became governor. He went from a slave to becoming governor in the most powerful nation at that time on the earth. It's amazing, eh? 
they don't teach us that that Africans at one point was most of the one of the most powerful nations on the earth. But but nevertheless, like I said, Joseph's discipline was influential in context of his success. And that is important for our lives. That whatever success we are to obtain, we need to have discipline. No, no wonder the enemy attacks us while we are still young. Because he's trying to eliminate the principle of discipline in our lives early. Because once he eliminates the discipline in our lives early, we struggle to obtain that discipline along the way and we become nothing but failures in life. And that failure makes us question who? God. But I'm going to speak about Joseph one day in terms of vision. I'm not going to stick too long around with Joseph. But this is what I want to get to. I want to come back to the children of Israel in the land of Egypt. So, so Joseph became governor in Egypt. And he led the people in Egypt. And through Joseph becoming governor, the Hebrews, the Israelites, were blessed. Because through Joseph, they could obtain provision. Because remember, there was famine at that time where they resided and they had to move and go to the land of Egypt to obtain grain. They had to obtain provision from the land of Egypt and when they came there and they got there, they found Joseph there and through that God provided for them because that was God's ultimate plan. And therefore Joseph at the end declared to these brothers when they apologized to him for what they had done in the beginning, Joseph said, what you have meant for evil God has made good. So it is vital that we understand how they got there. And when they settled in the, when the Israelites settled in the land of Egypt, they were well off, everything was provided for him until Joseph died. And when Joseph died, the Bible declares in the beginning of Exodus that a pharaoh, a king, that's what pharaoh means, a king arose in the land of Egypt. And that king did not know Joseph. So the only thing he saw was power. The only thing he saw was these people, the Hebrews, are multiplying too quickly and they are a threat through the provision and, and they might take over our country and our land. So the first thing he needed to do was to oppress them and to enslave them so that he can keep them like this. And therefore the children of Israel were enslaved in the land of Egypt for 400 years. And, and this slavery caused them to do what? To cry out to God. So they started crying out to God in their distress and their oppression. And the Bible clearly declares that God heard their cry. So, so when God heard the cry of his people, 
he decided to raise up a prophet. So he raised up Moses so that Moses may go and free his people from slavery. So the first thing he did, and, and, and maybe I should speak about this sometime, but he separated Moses from that culture. And he took Moses into a different culture and then he sent him back to set the children of Israel free from the from the land of Egypt, from slavery. Now notice, God gives them victory. We remember the Red Sea. So God gives them victory and they cross the Red Sea and their enemies died in the Red Sea. So when they got to the other side of the Red Sea and when they got there, they started singing a song of victory because now we are finally free. But how are they free? Physically. But are they free? No. Because I'm telling you, if you have to be in a certain culture for over 400 years, that culture will grow on you. So, so now they are free and they are on the other side and they celebrate in victory. We are free, we are free. Not knowing that the biggest challenge that they will face in their whole lives is to become free mentally. You see, they thought the biggest challenge was to cross the Red Sea and to become free physically. But the biggest challenge was to become free mentally. Now also notice that God made them two promises in terms of liberty and freedom. He made two promises to them. The first one was deliverance from the hand of the enemies. Was deliverance from the Egyptians. The second promise was the inheritance of the land that he promised to their father Abraham and his descendants. Exodus 3 verse 7. The Bible says, Then the Lord said, I have surely, he speaks to Moses, calling Moses, burning bush. He says to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And then he says in verse 8, very important, and I have come down to do what? To deliver them. First one is deliverance from the hands of the enemies. I have come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land. This is the second promise. A land flowing with milk and honey. Listen to this. To the place of the, we read about it earlier, Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So the first promise is deliverance, physical deliverance. And then the second promise God gives them here is to obtain the promise of the land, milk and honey that he promised to their fathers. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you want to read about that, that is in Genesis chapter 12, the promise regarding the land of Canaan. Now, now God delivered them. And the first promise was delivering them from the Egyptians. Secondly, the next promise and promise here, vision. The next promise, the vision for their lives, for them and their children, was that they may inherit the promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, I'm going to give you a land. My vision is that you may inherit a land where everything is provided for. For you and your children. However, there, there are some T's and C's regarding the vision that God has for them. Now, terms and conditions when it comes to obtaining the vision, the promise for them and the children. These T's and C's comes shortly after Israel received law at Mount Sinai. Now remember, they crossed the Red Sea and from the Red Sea, God's instruction was for them to go to Mount Sinai where God spoke to Moses in the first place. So they had to go to Mount Sinai to obtain what? The law. Now, now, now God is, is beautiful. Now, they left Egypt I said physically and they crossed the Red Sea now they are out physically now the reason why God says lead them now to Mount Sinai that they may obtain law the law is there that the mind may renew because like I said in the first place they already obtained that culture of the Egyptians for years now they have to go to Mount Sinai that God may give him his laws and his principles that their minds may renew and that they may become free mentally. So law was and still is critical because you cannot lead a nation without laws. You see, in order for them to walk with God, they had to walk by law. And therefore Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. For if the law is destroyed as a means of grace, then grace would promote unrighteousness. Nebir, I say, especially in today's culture, <laughs> we we have been saying to people in the church, forget the law. It's about grace. We are living in the dispensation of grace, and Jesus never destroyed the law. He said in Matthew chapter five, "Do not get me wrong. I came that the law may be fulfilled, because He's the one who gave the." Law. So if he destroys the law, he contradicts 
what he has given in the first place. So, so, so Jesus says, I came that the law, I came that the law may be fulfilled. So Jesus did not come that we may be unrighteous as a means of grace, but he came that we may be justified by faith. Because unless our minds are renewed, freedom cannot be obtained. And therefore, Paul makes it clear. He understood this principle. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be, what? Do not be conformed to this world, the culture. Just like with the Egyptians. The Israelites learned the culture. If you don't believe me, when Moses went, to the mountain, when he went into the mountain on Sinai, and he was gone a little bit long, what did they do? They said, let us make our own God. And they called him Moloch. And that's a spirit. So they built a golden calf. No wonder we are still seeing that those golden calf statues in certain religions today. They built a golden calf because they decided Moses is taking too long and, 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 and sometimes I don't understand. You, you see, if you are not liberated mentally, you can be in church and still submit to other gods. They saw all the miracles that we could ever dream of. They saw locusts, thousands of them flew into Egypt. They saw water turning into blood. Things that we cannot even imagine. They saw the sea depart in front of their eyes. In fact, the Bible says they walked through. I, let, let me tell you something. If water departs from sand, that sand becomes mud. In other words, it is still wet. The Bible says when these people walked through, they walked on dry ground. When God split the sea, not even the ground was wet. They saw miracles that we can dream of. And yet when they got to the other side, the mindset said, Moses is taking a little bit too long. Let us make our own God. You see, unless this renews, nothing else will. We, we can preach to you. We can say to you, God loves you. I, I can stay here every unless this renews you can call me to anoint you every week and pray for you ah, bring it early. let me anoint you i'm a pastor but I'm, I'm telling you unless your mind renews unless the mindset renew Nothing will change. In fact, I love what Dr. Miles Monroe said. He said, nothing changes unless the mind changes. Yes. You see, the terms and conditions God gave them was law. If you read this, we are dealing with Exodus chapter 23. If you read Exodus chapter 20, 20 21 and 22, you will see God gave them law. 
And God says to them regarding his promise, the vision for their lives. He says the following regarding the vision for their lives that he has for them. Exodus 23 verse 20. Behold, I sent an angel before you to guard you. Eh, this is beautiful. To guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have done what? Prepared. In other words, <laughs> I have a vision for your life. And I'm sending protection that you may obtain the vision. Now, there are different theological views regarding who the angel was in the text. Some believe the angel was Moses that God referred to here. Because remember what I said when I dealt with the, when we spoke about the seven churches of Revelation, we said in the Hebrew, messenger in that context means Sheliak Tebur, which means messenger. So when, when we say in, in Revelation to the angel of the church, it actually meant to the pastor, the bishop or the leader, the messenger of the church. But, but there are debates regarding this angel in this text. And some say it was Moses, some say it was the angel who protected them in the wilderness. Remember, when the, Israel, when the Egyptians decided they are going back to fetch the children of Israel, when they got to the Red Sea, what happened? The angel stood behind them and he protected them as a pillar of fire so they could not, so they could not take them back to slavery. So, so it is said that that angel is also meant. And then there's another theological view that is being said that it is actually Jesus that's being spoken of in this text. So, so there are this different conversations regarding who the angel is. But I don't want us to be stuck on who the angel was. The important principle is that God provided the God. He provided the angel to protect them in order that they may obtain their inheritance. So, so each and every person here today has an inheritance. Yes. And if no one told you that, I'm telling you that today. God has a plan for each and every one in your personal lives. Remember what I said the last time. When God speaks to you, He speaks to you personally. He does not call crowds. He speaks to individuals. And therefore, most of the time, you are called out of your circle. Because He speaks to individuals. So God has a purpose for each and every one of us. There is an inheritance. And the beautiful thing is he sends the angel to God. To protect that inheritance. And he says, the vision I have made, what? Clear. I've made the vision clear regarding the promise that I have for your life. I have prepared something for you. Some of us, there is great blessing awaiting us in the future that God has prepared for us. The only challenge is our comfortability of not taking responsibility to obtain that promise. Yes. 
I, I have given it to you. If, let, me, let me tell you something. If I say to you, come over to my place for a lunch, a Christmas lunch, I have prepared a meal. You are sure that the meal is there. All you have to do is to discipline yourself to get there. All you have to do is to take responsibility to get there. In fact, responsibility is such a huge thing. That's why I saw a meme and I posted it actually. I think some of you saw it where people sit in an American football stadium in the snow and they watch the game. And someone said, if only our churches can be discommitted, we will change the world in no time. To those guys, the game has been prepared, but it is their responsibility to get there. Whether it snows or rain, they take responsibility to get there. And, and this is our biggest challenge of obtaining the promise. God makes the vision clear. If you don't believe me, go and read the word. The vision is clear. Jesus says, in my father's house, there are what? Many mansions. Behold, I have prepared a place for you. All you have to do is get there. Then he says in Exodus 23, verse 21, he says this, this is the term and condition of getting there. He says, pay careful attention to him, referring to the angel that God has sent. Pay careful attention to him and do what? Obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression. Then he says, for my name is in him. Three things you will have to practice and discipline yourself with to obtain the blessing that God has for you in store. You see, for years we have said to people, God wants to bless you, get ready, touch your neighbor, God's going to bless you. But we have not spoken about the responsibility of inheriting the blessing. Yes. And there are three things here in this text that God says you have to practice and discipline yourself with that you may obtain God's vision and blessing for your life. Number one. He says, pay careful attention. Pay careful attention to God. In other words, give yourself fully to the instruction and direction of His Word. Whatever the Word instructs you to do, because this is your manual. If, if, let me make an example. If you buy uh, a stand or podium or, or something that you have to assemble. They say normally send a manual so that you take it and that you may be able to accomplish the task. 
So, so, so God says, this is yours. This is your constitution. And in order for you to obtain the promises of God, let me tell you, even wealth, studies, wisdom, everything is in here. If you can do that, you will obtain the blessing. That is number one. He says, pay careful attention to the direction of my word. Then the second thing. He says, obey his, what? His voice. In other words, put into practice whatever he speaks to you. Yes. This is beautiful. Because the first thing he says, he says, read the constitution. And then he says, take the constitution and put it into practice that you may obtain the blessing and the promise. You may obtain God's vision for you and your family. In fact, one thing that the Lord spoke to me in preparation, he said, regarding obeying his voice, he said, do not ignore your convictions. Do not do that. When the Holy, I'm not saying if, because the Holy Spirit speaks to us every day. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, Ashley, this is destructive for your Christian journey. Do not do this. Because in order for you to obtain the promise, he says, do not ignore your convictions. There's a reason why. In fact, David stood and he watched Bathsheba and he desired another man's wife. And he failed in terms of discipline, listening to his voice. And what did he do? He killed another man to marry his wife. And God disciplined him for that. So in order for you, you David almost overthrew his whole kingdom because of lack of discipline. And I'm saying to you, there are people that overthrow great blessing because they do not listen to the voice. Then the third thing he says that I want you to do to obtain my bl the blessing and the vision that I have for your life. Do not rebel against me. In other words, do not question my ways and do not walk in unbelief. Where is God? How long will I wait? He says, do not walk in unbelief. Do not rebel against me. For I am with you everywhere you go. God has something better for you in store. But you need to maintain discipline to get there. Then he says in verse 22, But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. You see, if you practice the discipline he calls you to, only then will God fight your battles. We have been praying, God, my enemies, God prepare a 
table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I was like, amen. Repair a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And God says, I will not fight your enemies because you have no discipline when it comes to my word at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the spirit of God. <laughs> so, 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 it is critical that you obtain discipline. Let me tell you, in fact, some of your enemies is not because you are blessed. Some of your enemies is out there because you are in discipline. Yes. <laughs> because we have heard all these years, you are blessed, you are blessed, your enemies are under your feet. And, and, and they've been saying all these things to you. God is going to love you, and your enemies will look at you, and God's going to bring you, and you are the head and not the tail. And they've said all these things to you and God says some of your enemies has not been knocking at your door because of your blessings that I've given you but some of them has been knocking on your door because you lack discipline and unless you obtain discipline I cannot fight your battles for you whether it is at your job Shannon whether it is in your house in your marriage unless you obtain discipline I cannot fight those battles. It is hypocritical if I pray to God, change my wife, but I am the problem. Yeah. <laughs> God says you are asking me to fight a battle in your relationship, but you are the problem. You lack discipline. And he says, when my angel, in verse 23, when my angel goes before you and brings you into the land, and I'm paraphrasing, into the land that I've promised you, where all those people reside, the Amorites and so forth, he says, I will blot them out. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do. But you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars in pieces. In fact, God makes it clear. When He gives you victory, after you have obtained the promise, the vision that He has for your life, when you obtain the blessing, He says it does not end there. When the vision comes to pass, He says your biggest challenge will be to forget Him. After you, you, you've prayed and you've disciplined yourself and you got there, one of your, the enemy will say, I'm not done with you. I saw you were disciplined along the way, but now I will tempt you with serving other gods. Before I end, I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 quickly from verse 11. Listen to what God says to the same people, the Israelites. He says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Then he says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, 
then your heart be lifted up and you become prideful in other words and your heart is lifted up he says and you forget the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of what slavery who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water who brought you water out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna and your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you he says to do you good in the end Beware lest you say, listen to this, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and my might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Other translations will say the ability to produce wealth. That he may confirm his covenant that is that is word to your fathers as it is this day then he says and if you forget the lord your god and go after other gods and serve them and worship them i solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish like the nations that the lord makes to perish before you you shall you sh so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the lord your God. God says, discipline, remember my voice. Even when you inherit the blessing and you obtain the promise, even when you become wealthy, remember my voice. You see, our discipline plays a huge part in our blessings. <clears throat> And therefore, because I'm about to end, I want to say this. Therefore, tithes and offering. I say this quickly, and I never speak about this, eh? Let me speak about a tenth of your salary quickly. Tithes. This is not a tithe and offering message. I just want to make an example. God gives the word. And he says the instruction is that you take 10% of your salary and you give into my vision. And that is the kingdom of God. Now, this is why we are struggling to practice that law. And this is why we are debating about this all our lives so that we don't feel guilty about it. The reason why we do that is because, all, let me say, most of us, most of us, and I include myself, did this. We did not practice what Deuteronomy 8 was saying. When God blessed us with the job, we prayed. And then God blesses us with the job. The first thing we do is we forget. Yeah. It is the Lord your God who gave you the ability yes. to produce wealth. So the first thing we do is we work out our budget around our needs. And this is why 10% tithes has been a challenge to us. 
And this is what God has shown me. I said, ask him about this. Why is this a challenge to us? And this is what he has shown me. When we understand that principle and we practice it, Deuteronomy chapter 8, this is what happens. Our gross salary, and let me speak now in our context, eh? our gross salary, what happens first? SARS takes. SARS <laughs> After that, UIF and all those people take. Now, your discipline, your responsibility comes in. So you've given your provident fund and all of that. Now your discipline is I. Because God's not going to debit you. <laughs> He's not going to be on your deduction side of your salary slabiera. Now be deduction side. God says, I love a cheerful giver. I'm not going to force anyone. I love a cheerful giver. And those are the people that I normally bless the most. So he says, the first thing you do, if you want to help yourself, and I wish I could have done this in the beginning when I started working, the first thing that you do, and I don't care, Ben Zahad Zikr said, hey, I passed totality in the seat. I'm transparent. <laughs> The first thing you need to do is, Lord, you have given me the ability to produce that. So I'm giving back as a thanksgiving to you. Because that's what I It's not making the pastor rich. It's saying thank you that God is your source and your provider. No one else. Not your boss at your job or the company owner. You see, we've been seeking those things from people. And that's why we've been begging for those type of things. But when God is your source, He opens doors. Yes, so the important thing is when you do that in the first place and your budget works like this, this is my deductions, this belongs to God and the rest belongs to me. Yes. And the rest, I work out my budget around my Kurt Geigers or my whatever I want to buy or my nails or my so, 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 when you do that, it doesn't become a problem in the future. And the enemy does not attack your guilt anymore. Because now, and I'm going to speak about this law one day. I'm not going to speak about it. The principle of giving. Now, in the future, you struggle in terms of your finance. And now you want to give to God. And God knows your heart is pure. And my child really wants to give to me. But the problem is, all the debit orders occupies your giving. And therefore, it is important that vision goes along with discipline. So, so, in order for you to obtain your blessing, you need to be disciplined and there are different principles according to the Word of God. And where does it start? And I'm concluding. Mindset. Mindset. It starts here. Our culture outside has taught us so many things 
that are unbiblical and that is not beneficial for our lives. So it starts in the mind. Train your mind to think publicly and differently. For unless you do that, you will remain with unnecessary stress and pressures because of self-afflicted pain. As long as Martin Luther King Jr., as long as the mind is enslaved, the body can never be free.